Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. Per usual on... Rob, this is not going well. Everything surrounding Manchester United at the moment is not going well, is it? So uh, we will try our best today. I think Rob and I have just had a conversation before the show started where ultimately there is a hell of a lot that we could discuss around how awful it is around Manchester United at the moment. But we would like to take a slightly different direction and uh, look a little bit more on the positive side if there are any things positive to discuss. Are you positive, Rob? Am I positive? Mm. (laughs) Um, I think that... It's not a case where we're just searching for positive content. There is some positive. So, like, we want to talk about some of them. But there's also a lot of stuff that is wrong. And there's also a lot of stuff that we literally cannot talk about at the moment and shouldn't talk about. So uh, we'll address those things in the future. I think people, when they watch us, Scott, they kind of go, oh, you're being a little bit mystical there. What are you talking about? Well, all will be revealed, I'm sure, at some point. But I think there are things that we will talk about in this international break where they have been positives or stuff to look forward to and we're going to give one or two players their flowers today yeah rob is particularly keen to give one player his flowers and you might have seen his tweet uh but yesterday thursday before the show yes uh but it is an international break and obviously there's no football for man united to be playing Mm. but they are still in the headlines uh we, Rob has mentioned there, like obviously, as we addressed on the last show, uh, there is a case uh, surrounding Anthony at the moment, which we we said a bit on on the show on Tuesday about how we're going to approach that topic. So yeah. scoot back to the start of that episode, the last episode that we did, um, if you'd like to hear where we where we are on that. And obviously, as things develop, we will uh, we will address in due course. But we we feel like we have to again talk about Jaden Sancho and the situation around him because there has been more fallout around his position in the squad over the last few days. And I think I wouldn't say my position's changed on it, but I certainly have more to say about how it's developed over the last few days. Mm. Um, But obviously if Jaden Sancho is not integrated back into the team, there are questions to be asked on what Eric Ten Hag does on the right-hand side of the attack. So we will, maybe go into some depth about that and what the options are. We'll talk about injuries to uh, Sofian Amrabat and Lisandro Martinez uh, and try and hopefully clear some things up there. But well, the f- player that Rob wants to give flowers to is Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So we'll get into that 
later on in the show, and we'll try and end this. Bruno Fernandes' birthday today. It is 8th of September, and he's 29. So maybe we'll do a little bit of reflection on United's club captain towards the end of the show to make you feel, hopefully, a little bit better. <laughs> uh, subscribe if you'd like to feel better. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, The Promised Land, and Manchester United podcast, like the video, subscribe, leave a comment as well, pop the notification bell on so you never miss an episode on YouTube. Follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, TikTok, and Instagram. I posted a TikTok early this week, Rob, and it got no views at all. Uh, algorithm is bad. Um, bad algorithm. Yeah, I need to. I need to figure <laughs> it out. I've had some actual viral ones in the past, but I, yeah, I think you have to post consistently. You've got a dance uh, on them. That's why if you yeah. dance, and then you know you're in. Have you seen Robert Lewandowski's dances on on TikTok? They're, no, I haven't. Oh, you need to, yeah, that's been for a while. Uh, <laughs> I'll let I'll let you go and watch that afterwards. I will investigate. Uh, at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube. And Rob will start doing some Robert Lewandowski uh, dances on TikTok. If it is there by popular demand. If yeah. there's a demand. If there's, if there's a, demand, a demand. But but you might find it on my YouTube channel at underscore Rob underscore B. That might be where I do the dancing. So subscribe there and you might get shock or a surprise, yeah. however you view it. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, at Promise and MU on, on X as well. Right, okay. Fun times ahead. Let's talk Jaden Sancho to start with because we, on Tuesday's show, we obviously discussed what Eric Ten Hag said in his post-match after the Arsenal game mm-hmm. and Jaden Sancho's response on social media, which still is still there. That has not been taken down. Um, but over the it's last... It's been pinned as well. It's been pinned as well. Yeah, so... You know, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But I think over the last few days, like since we just did our last podcast, Rob, there's been things that I have not liked, particularly not uh, from. I didn't like what Sancho, how Sancho responded, and I think we both said the other day that he shouldn't have responded like that mm-hmm. on social media. Should have been done in private. Now, what we're seeing is a bit of a. And I've seen people refer to it as essentially the, the beginnings of a character assassination of Jaden Sancho. Yes. And you could say that. I mean, essentially, yes. It, it's, it's essentially trying to say that Jaden Sancho is not cut out for Man United. And there's an, another report which is floating around on Friday morning, which is the players have had enough of him. And in between these has been uh, Eric Ten Hag was not authorized to discuss uh, perceived mental health issues around Jaden Sancho when he was absent from the team a few months ago back last season. Um, This has escalated now into what is essentially a briefing war between two camps. Um, And I don't like it (laughs) at all. Um, I feel like this is instigated on United's side, really. I use that word as well, character assassination hyphenated, because when you look at those things and you look at what's now coming out post the game at Arsenal, everything that's been said, going into an international break where news agencies are looking around for stories and trying to push things and narratives and objectives. I think when you look at Jaden pinning the tweet 
I said on the last show, I'm sure he probably stands by what he was trying to say. It's just that he didn't say it particularly well or very articulately to, to his massive audience of millions. Now, I think, Scott, when we look at all this and you read things like he's not popular in the dressing room and all of this, that's only immediately know it's rubbish. Jaden not Sancho, true either, is it? No, it's, it's, it's not just untrue. It's a lie. It's a bone-faced, absolute, complete lie. I can't even get my words out because he's massively popular at Manchester United. And I've seen the comparisons to Paul Pogba in that sense because they used to say to about Paul Pogba was unpopular at Man United. And then literally any player you ever spoke to at United or any coach or anyone behind the scenes, the tea lady, everyone was like, oh, that Paul's a lovely boy. So that's the, narr- that's, that's the image because that's being created because... A bad image against Jaden Sancho sells, gets you clicks. If we did a show today, Scott, on that, and, and, and our show was Jaden Sancho is a wicked boy. Oh, and he should be that people like that. They click on that stuff. We're not doing that show because it's not real, it's not true. So I think the things with Jaden Sancho, like you just said, that it's a briefing war. And of course, in this situation, it's almost it's almost impossible to avoid that. Because Manchester United do brief certain journalists, we know this. And and Jaden Sancho's camp will be trying to defend him in a kind of covert way without... I think that's what's happened with what the Daily Mail released on Thursday night. And that is, of course, par for the course. That's football and that's the media. So that happens. And and I think Jaden Sancho's camp will be massively concerned for their client in terms of his well-being and how he sees this and maybe how he's feeling. And that's their responsibility. But do you know who others' responsibility is, Scott? Manchester United. Manchester United need to look at this in the bigger picture. And this is not faction against faction. We're the same thing. James Sancho works for Manchester United. He plays for our football club. So resolution will be the next step. And I've got no doubt, because knowing what Ten Hag is as a conservative, how he likes to do these things, that he now needs to kind of think about what he does with James Sancho. He's not going to cut his nose off to spite his face, Scott. If he can get a goal out of Sancho or an assist out of Sancho, guess what he's doing? He's getting that out of him. That's what he wants. That's all he wants. He wants football results. He doesn't want these storms, these Twitter storms, as I described it yesterday. But I also think that United could have moved a bit quicker now. Like after the Arsenal game, they should have within the first two or three days looked for resolution. But of course, people went on holiday because um, the international break, other players left. Jen Sancho is not on an international break. He's not playing for England. So these things could have been resolved quicker. But Man United have decided to leave it for a little bit and let the let it settle. When you do that, Scott, that normally it is not, means... Let's just say it's not settled. Is it's it? not settling. The, 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 the waves that are rolling into shore look like they're turning into a tsunami. And if you allow that to happen and let that crash on your shore and drown everyone... And again, that's on Manchester United, the operation side of the business. You know, if I'm Richard Arnold, I'm saying we sort this out today. Let's get it sorted and put it out and do a statement or a picture or something. United are not doing that. So this you know, should have been storm... sorted out on Monday. Of course, the storm prevails. And that's why I also said that as refreshing as Eric Ten Hag is in his assessments in press conferences, it would definitely have been a wiser just to say, oh, he got a knock in training. And kept it in house. So, you know, so, so, so there's blame on every side. Uh, and what, of course, fans want to do and the media is to to find the acute blame that they can lean on. And of course, that's easy then. It's the player, isn't it? You just lean on the player. Oh, you got three months off last year. Oh, this happened. Oh, that happened. None of that matters, does it? You got dropped because you weren't 
as good in training as maybe the manager wanted you to be. And that's the story. <laughs> that's the way it should be. So, you know, fingers crossed, I think they can resolve it. But now that the Saudi transfer window is effectively over, you have no transfer window till January. People are saying, oh, he'll be sold in January. Who sells a talent of that value in January? Very unlikely. Unless, of course, they do get back together and can't find resolution. You know, Jaden Sancho goes in now and says, I don't want to work for you anymore. That might be a thing, but I don't believe that's it. I don't he believe said that. in his statement he wants to play football. He wants to play football. He wants to defend a badge. He likes playing with all the staff, playing staff that are there. He, he respects that and he respects the coaches. So his, like, again, we've seen the reporting today, I'm not going to name journalists, have said that uh, Jaden Sancho's angry rant, it wasn't an angry rant. He, he was putting out something there, trying to defend himself um, in a position where he probably shouldn't have had to. So, like, it's silly and it's wrong and he deserves a fine. And maybe, you know, slap on the hand and then you would get on with the job. Like, you know, Jen Sanchez, a footballer, get him kicking a football round. Um, I didn't like it, Scott, that he wasn't part of that squad. I still might have had him in the squad. You know what I mean? He's one of your prime yeah. talents. But I also understand that the manager's got carte blanche for that. If he doesn't want him there for whatever reason, then he goes and sits on his sofa for a week. And that should have been the end of it. You know, and people saying, oh, Jaden pinning his tweet. Yeah, that's not a good look either. But I think that he's trying to double down on what he was trying to say. And and just think it's come out wrong. Just think he, you know, I think he was making a statement about the football world being on his shoulders as opposed to Eric Ten Hag. Well, if anything, he used the word scapegoat in in his statement. Yeah. I don't know we had our say on him the other day, but that was strictly about that incident and about the fact that Sancho... I think I used some of the, along the lines of uh, mentality needs to change within the, the entire team, and that statement mm. and the react the fact that he reacted like that proves that that exists, and that Eric Ten Hag needs to change that round. I I hope anyway that I didn't overstep a line and like talk about. I, I feel like there's been some lines crossed over the last few days, which is, which are completely unfair. Um, and they smell like a witch hunt. Yeah, and and the, the word scapegoat. Is actually appropriate. Yeah, I think Jaden, without knowing it, wrote all the headlines in those two paragraphs. He just didn't realise he was. He sat at home going, hang on a second, I'm getting attacked here by fan channels and these big United fan accounts. I've got 250,000 followers and a million followers here and they're all on me. What do I do? Will I respond with a tweet? Well, no, that's not the right thing to do. But using the word scapegoat, of course, just became the headline copywriter's dream didn't it because he put it out there and as you said on our show scott it then becomes open to interpretation but i think as soon as you read it and actually read it and think about it and what ten hag actually said he's not saying he's a scapegoat for eric ten hag or a scapegoat for the coaches or scapegoat for his fellow pros he's saying in the media he's been made a scapegoat and i don't think he's wrong and the reaction proves it the reaction from the press in the last two days where they have absolutely ripped his head off and called him all sorts and are now going down the Pogba route of demonization. I said that at the time with Paul Pogba. I was like, whatever you think about Paul Pogba, yeah, he failed at United in terms of his career. Like he didn't didn't achieve what we wanted him to. And yes, the injuries finished him off at Man United. But yeah, every time he had a haircut, there was a thousand articles written about it. And, and it was all about demonization as opposed to supporting someone. Jaden's an easy target because he has fallen out of favour with England. He's no longer the golden boy of English football when he signed for Man United. 
And Man United are an easy target for the press anyway, just, just in general, because they don't look after their own. So it, it, the last few days has been absolutely that. Jaden Sanchez has been totally proven right that he is a scapegoat. And yeah, he fueled some of the fire and it was silly. But young men sometimes don't have a grasp on maybe the mature aspects of the media and what the media's objective is. Sometimes they're very naive, even when you work in the game and you're a professional footballer of his standard. So I feel sorry for him now. Like I, I think the United need to find resolution very quickly because it might not be very long. I keep saying this. He might be your option on the right. You might have to talk about that soon with the with the winger situation with another winger who might well not be playing for Manchester United very very soon, and that will that will develop very quickly. Um, Jaden Sancho might be a piece that you have to lean on now in the next several weeks and get form out of him. And sometimes that's what it is with football clubs. Got you have to get the form out of the play. You have to help them become the best player they can be. Well, let's move. Let's move in that direction then. Um, because we did say at the top of the show, we did want to discuss what the actual options are on the right-hand side of attack. Yeah. Because I think you said the other day, Rashford right, Garnacho left, and uh, Hoyland yeah. middle. Um, I think, I think we, well, we've established really that Rashford's best position is on the left-hand side. Absolutely. Um, but also Garnacho's, it probably is as well. And when Garnacho comes on, Rashford shifts over, and United have that kind of speed and attack with all three of them. Yeah. But let's say... Sancho is for some for some reason we don't find resolution here and he is essentially frozen out. Now we, we I think we hope that doesn't happen. I'll be shocked. Um, yeah, I, I would be too. But what what are the other options on on that side? Because you know I think we uh, I've been having some discussions with some guys at work of mm. you know Mason Mount's played out there before. I know he's injured currently. Bruno Fernandes has played out there before and continues to, um, which I'm, I don't think you like, do you? Um, but they also no, do have... Not against it. They do have options in the centre center of midfield now, and they have a striker up front. So a striker up front who can potentially provide an aerial threat. So Christian Eriksen has played out on the right before mm-hmm. for Tottenham. There's a kind of like a tucked-in advanced playmaker. And you've got, you've got options Right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, one of the things that Eric Ten Hag said in this now infamous um, uh, press conference where he talked about Jaden Sancho, he said, I've actually got quite good forward options. So this is why the, the game has changed a and little Palistri, bit. Sorry, I've you know, and Palistri, sorry. I've got And you've got Palistri, and we'll talk about him. But, you know, in your front six positions, so your non defensive positions, you have now got more options. Now, again, going back, rewind a few weeks, we actually said, United are probably not as wanting in those positions as maybe there have been in the last two, three or four years is that you now got a little bit of coverage, a little bit of choice. And the reason why last year you saw when Man United formationally were playing that kind of 4-1-5, you were seeing that when Anthony wasn't on the right-hand side of the pitch, that Bruno Fernandes was there. And then you started to see the introduction of Palestri, didn't you? So, so Ten Hag, I think, feels comfortable about that kind of front three, you know, the left side, the right side, and I think he'd like another striker, of course, but he's now got one. So he's going to work with that striker and that striker is going to be the starter. I, I last week said that um, that Rashford would play on the right and Garnacho on the left, not because of Rashford, but because of Garnacho. So Garnacho, I think in the pecking order, is the next one who starts and Garnacho is infinitely obviously better off the left, doesn't play on the right really. So I think that's why he will probably choose that if he's playing a 4-2-3-1. I think that's where he'll go back to. But... I would not be surprised if Bruno Fernandes plays there. 
So Bruno Fernandes played there a lot last year and I did tons of content of, all right, Bruno's not the number 10, so why? Is it because the manager doesn't like him at number 10? Or is it because the manager wants him in, say, a wider role where he can set traps and do all that work and cross the ball into the middle? And I think it is more the latter. I think that Bruno can still give you a lot of production on the right. And then what have you got in the middle, Scott, now? You've just bought this lad, Amrabat. You've got Christian Eriksen. You've got Mason Mount. And Mason Mount can play all of the front three or four positions. And I think Mason Mount, when he's back, fingers crossed after the international break, like we've not heard an update yet. But if he's back relatively soon, I think you'll see Mason Mount making up the numbers at the top end. So then Jaden Sancho, see, there's less weight on Jaden. <coughs> is that they can kind of get Jaden where they want to be without saying, right, Jaden, you just got to start. I think Jaden will be part of the picture, but I think he will be still coming from the bench and having to prove himself. And that's probably the right thing to do. Palestri as well, good opportunity if he gets chance minutes on the right-hand side. But I don't know if I would throw him straight in as it stands. Yeah, we said we'd try and go in a positive direction. Let's, let's talk about the positives of somebody like Bruno Fernandes playing on the right-hand side. So you've got Casemiro, who has been been massively criticised in the early weeks of the season, lost his legs, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I think, Rob, both me and you in the early weeks of the season have both said that that Casemiro-Bruno mount midfield, the balance ain't there. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And I think we've it's tried right. it. Obviously, no. Mount's injury has forced United into playing slightly differently. You've got Christian Eriksen, though, as well who has been playing the deep lion role in midfield, mm-hmm. doesn't offer that defensive protection. But you, now you have options. So you have, hopefully, Kobe will be back in the, in well, not not immediately, but hopefully weeks, yeah. be back at some point mm-hmm. soon. Um, and you have Sofian Amrabat, who we'll talk about. There's uh, rumors of him having an injury. We don't think that's too serious to no. worry about, do we? Right. Okay. No, it's a knock. So precaution, Amrabat is in. He probably won't start straight away, but I think over the when the international break finishes and United go into that run of games and the Champions League begins and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. then he will be integrated into the team. But then you can, let's say you can potentially name with Bruno on the right, a midfield of Casemiro, uh, Amrabat, and either Ericsson or Mason Mount mm-hmm. at the 10 with Bruno on the right. That strikes me... Mount in there especially, I would say, because of his energy and his mm. pressing. That strikes me as a hell of a lot better balanced than what we've seen in the first two weeks of the season. Totally agree. And, and I also think that with the injuries is that Ten Hag's been limited in his overall choices just to kind of move tactical things around. Um, I thought we would play 4-2-3-1 at Arsenal. And, you know, me, you and me both agree, though obviously Arsenal fans don't, that thought Man United played quite well. Um and, and for me, that's a building block. I think Tenog will look at the, the positives of that and will, he, he won't stick with the system like without changing things. But I think at Old Trafford, you'll play something more front-footed, like a 4-1-5, and at Old Trafford, you'll play 4-3-3 when you can. But I think on the road, and I think in games where you need to control stuff and control tempo and possession, you're going to play 4-2-3-1. What does that mean? That means Casemiro and Amrabat at the base. So those two are going to now be tasked with looking after that area. Now, now Casemiro has got a playmate with him who's really good at those things and good at interception and, and aggressive and all of that. It means Scott, And also can, can progress the ball. <laughs> absolutely. Great ball progressor, really good on the deck, can can kind of play that short game and get you going. Um, it does mean now that you can now say to Ericsson, right, you are going to operate in a more advanced role. What happened yesterday with Christian Ericsson for Denmark? <laughs> three assists. So you played three. 
Three they assists. did play San Marino though, didn't they? A hat trick of assists was the, was the headline. So um, so he got three assists and they were good assists. And if Christian Eriksen is allowed to operate in the front four or in the top end of the pitch or your final third, I think Christian Eriksen gets you assists. It's just what he is. He's what he's built his career on. One of the greatest assisters in Premier League history throughout his career. So let's use him for that. Like we're talking about what do we do in the front line? I don't like Eriksen off the right. I don't think he has... The dexterity to do that role off the ball, like it's just it's just not his thing. I do think that he has value as a floating eight or as a kind of advanced number ten. You can join the dots, you can help. But Bruno, I think in the manager's eyes, the Bruno, the manager looks at him and says Bruno's got the off ball work to do that role, even though it's not perfect. Like I say, he's a bit wild off the ball sometimes. He's running around, arms are everywhere, scream, 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 fall over, hold your ankle for a week. It, but he can do it. He can still do it better than maybe, say, Palestri, maybe better than Rashford. So I think Rashford at times when they're going forward as a three, I think might end up defaulting to the right. So Garnacho can take those minutes. But I do think we'll see a lot of Bruno Fernandes on the right. And you just said, do I like it or not? I, I'm fine with it. I've, I yeah. quite like Bruno okay. as a right, right-sided right player because I think sometimes in the centre, Scott, he gets exposed. We're losing the ball. I've always said this. And I still want Bruno in the front line, like either as a 10 or in or in a wider capacity, but I want him up there. I don't want him back here with Casemiro. I don't think that helps Casemiro. It does help Bruno Fernandez. Well, the thing is, like we, we talked about Bruno like uh, vacating the center of the pitch, and then we've yeah. we've often said at times, where does the creativity come from? Yeah. Now United actually have players in there. They have more options in there. So I, whichever uh, preferred front six that we talk about here does not have to be the established front six because United now have depth they have actually have some strength in depth and different options which is what i think ten Hag has been after all along and you put bruno on the right hand side one of bruno's favorite things to do is that through ball around the corner or Mm. in behind or in between two center backs whether that's in midfield in the center of midfield from deeper or from wide and we've seen it from wide at times in the past i think he assisted a, a rashford goal from the right last season. I can't I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um but that ball is on. And Absolutely. now United have a striker in Rasmus Hoyland that can carry the same threat that Marcus Rashford can through the middle in behind. He can also yeah. hold it up. So that is now I I I, I know we're talking positive. I don't want to get carried away too much. I but I honestly real, think I, I, reality. I, like <laughs> I honestly think the difference that Rasmus Hoyland will make to Man United's ability to progress the ball up the pitch is night and day from what we've seen for years. A hundred percent. I'm totally with you with that. And you see, I don't think that is positive content. I think that's reality. I think that's where you are. That's the way you, you, the, the manager will be looking at it. Um, I think the thing is, is that like, we talk about creativity quite a lot and it's always been a bugbear at Man United. And it is just completely mad and ironic that, You've got this guy in Christian Eriksen who is an elite creator and always has been. And you've been forced to use him in a number eight role and in that six, eight and deeper because you've not had options, have you? So now you've got some options. Guess what? Let the guy off the leash a little bit. And I think that that, that I'm not a massive fan of Eriksen at 10 and Bruno wide because I'm not quite sure that that is the perfect combination, how things work. But... I do like the idea of Mason Mount supplementing somewhere in there. Mason Mount's pretty decent in those wide areas. And he's got that now to be able to come central, maybe to like squeeze the play so you can actually outnumber defenders with your attack. Like you just said there about Hoyland, Hoyland's got the ability both to run behind 
But also we saw in that Arsenal game, he will quite happily turn his back to goal and say, I will join Dots. It's former club, what he was really good at last year, and we all highlighted, was that he was great at coming into that false position and allowing runners. I think Bruno Fernandes will love that. I think Bruno will love having a bit more space on the right, just up against the left back. And the left back will be thinking, I can't bomb on because Bruno Fernandes is elite in this area. He can create and he can slide the ball through me. That's good for Man United, Scott. An alternative, though. We saw at times in that Arsenal game of Hoyland's movement in the box to create a yard. Yeah. So you put Bruno out there. One of Bruno's favourite things to do is to cross the ball from that pocket. Yeah. And now we've not we've not really seen that actually happen too much no. because United don't have an aerial threat at centre forward, but now they do. Totally. Look, look. Last night in international break, uh, the Netherlands won. Guess who scored a header in the box? Fauti. Yeah. Vout Vegels. Do you know why he scored that header, Scott? Because they crossed the ball for him. So, like, Hoyland needs service. So, this is the way it has to be, is that if you don't cross the ball for your forward, whoever they are, whether they're good or bad, they haven't got the chance to score that goal. So, now I think United, if Bruno Fernandes on that right-hand side, Scott, sitting just outside the channel, Bruno's going to get his head up, and that young lad is going to be running the front post every time. And guess what? You might get his head on the ball and you might score. United didn't do that at all last year. There was nothing from the wide area. The production was zero. That's also where Jaden Sancho comes into it because I think Jaden needs a striker through the middle to be able to play his best type of game. But I think if Bruno's on the right, Bruno needs something to work with. He needs to cross the ball in. And Bruno can do off the all the off-ball, off-ball stuff, Scott. But he's still your architect. He's still the conductor of the band. But can you imagine if Ericsson's somewhere in there as well? And Mason Mount. You then have creators in that final third. And that's going to help Rashford on the left. It will help Garnacho when he's there. But more than anything, it's going to really help Hoyland. Yeah, we've given you a bunch of uh, alternatives there. And we haven't. That's without Jaden Sancho actually being reintegrated into the team. Exactly. But also, we haven't mentioned Palestri, yeah. who is a different option. And like I think what we're trying to establish here is that there are options and there are choices which can be made. It doesn't have to be the same thing each time. It can no. be dependent on the opposition. can be dependent on the point in the game, the scoreline. If United are winning 1-0, how do you, do you want to sit back in and soak it up? Do you want an attacker who can go on the right-hand side and stretch the line? You know, Palistri, if you're chasing a goal and you want a different option, you can bring yeah. him on on the right, you get to the byline and cut it back, you know, because he's willing to do that. So now the, I think there are... Ten Hag has always talked about having a squad and having options. So I think now we're at a point where more than we've ever been Really, even with the, the, the there are there are dark clouds over United at the moment with a in a in a number of situations, but just looking at what they they do have on offer, if they can get their heads on football, players on the pitch, there are ways that they can score goals. And we didn't even mention Anthony Martial. So, like the, the thing is, there is numbers there at least now in that zone of the pitch, isn't it? And and I think you said it to start, and I've said it before. Definitely, I want to see Rashford be the primary primary player on the left because I think like, look how good better we've looked Scott when he's there like we, it's just it's just there for, for the eyesight everyone can see how much better United are when Marcus Rashford is running from the left and running that channel and running that fullback and, and you just need to find a balance now and I think if uh, Hoyland comes in and hits the ground running and gives United that extra option there I feel safer about Bruno maybe moving out of the 10 and I feel safer about Ericsson moving forward and Amrabat now is going to be huge in this, is that if you can keep him fit, fingers crossed you can, 
I think that 4-2-3-1, again, will make sure that you win more games than you lose. And that's really what this is all about, is finding a method and a rhythm. And Jaden Sancho, then, is just a conversation, isn't it? It's just, Jaden, can you provide from the bench? And then maybe Jaden Sancho can force his way in. Will Jaden Sancho look inside, see Hoyland, and feel the Haaland vibes? I think he might. I think he might. See this isn't a comparison to Erling Haaland. This is just no. we're saying that he will have somebody to play off and yeah. somebody to hit yeah. with a cross. Because that's Sancho's game. He likes the one twos. He likes the little intricacies, and he's not had a player who can do that. One of the things that Haaland used to do at Dortmund, and it worked so well with, with Sancho, is that he would run the right channel a lot, right, and then he would suddenly switch to the left suddenly in games. And Jaden would spot that and move into that area. So they'd almost kind of have two up the top end like that. And Harlan, everyone was obviously so scared of him that, that he would attract all the attention that way. And I think that that's where Hoyland will end up being. He'll be a diversion. He won't be someone like Martial who stands off and people kind of stand off him and go, well, do you know what? He's, he's, not, he's only going to do this, this, or this. So he's not going to run in behind. He's not going to work us. I think this player will do that. And I think someone like Sancho will be able to, again, move into advanced players, uh, positions. And Bruno. Bruno will be able to come that and end up being a kind of third-man runner coming from that side on the right. So I feel good about that. That's all positive. That is something that if I'm the manager, I'm thinking, yeah, I can craft this. I can make it work. So it, exciting times, I think, with having a number nine there because it changes the whole dynamic of that front four, but also the whole front six gives you something a little bit different. means you can go and hurt teams in different ways than you did last season. So there you go. Some positive. Um some negative. Are there injuries to Lisandro Martinez and, and Amrabat? Should we mm. be worried? No, not not worried. But uh, one of the things that we we chatted off of camera and I said I wanted to talk about was about the whole international break and how it works and what they do. Obviously, our players have gone and reported for international duty. Martinez was injured. We knew um, Amrabat. Uh, his injury was picked up a back injury uh, in his medical. Now, the way it works, and I don't know if all football fans kind of know this, is that you must report for training no matter what, unless your country agrees with you offhand that you can stay at your club for treatment. For serious injuries, that's generally how that works. So I'm not surprised those two players actually reported for training. But Scott, they need to come back. And I think this is where Man United needs to be stronger because Man United needs to say, you go there for an hour or two, you get seen by the club doctor, you get cleared that you're injured and then come back. And that's not been the case. We're hearing that Martinez might be used, might not be used, will be looked after, won't be looked after. I think they played last night, didn't they? I don't think he played in the end. And, and, no, and I think, Argentina played. but I And I actually think, don't think don't he's think he fit. So like, I think this is, this is the crux of it. And if you're not fit, Scott, you should be at Carrington getting treatment. So I think, again, shows a little bit of kind of poor organisational skills from United's doctors from behind the scenes, because that should be the kind of the demand is that these players play for us, they, we pay their wages they are employees of our football club. They need to come back. So that's the only thing I'm going to say that I hope I'm not, I'm not worried about his injuries. They are relatively minor. I'm very happy about the Martinez one because we were worried about that. We thought that might be more serious. Um, but you just said about injuries. Kobe Manu, hopefully we'll be back in two or three weeks. We are expecting the same with Mason Mount. You've got players coming back now and you've just got to somehow keep them fit. We've done about Varane. Like, what's the latest on him? Have we heard anything extra? I haven't heard anything extra. No, and and, that, and I think no news is bad news in that case. So we will see, they, they will see how he goes. But I think you're going to have to accept that Victor Lindelof is going to be starting quite a few games uh, in that position this season because you haven't really got a lot of cover. Uh, so you desperately need Martinez to be fit, don't you, in the weeks ahead? Yeah, uh, just checking the Argentina team. They beat Ecuador 1-0, I think. Leo Messi scored a free kick and no Lisandro Martinez. Uh, Alejandro Garnacho wasn't in the squad and Garnacho was on the bench. What about Amrabat? 
sent home. I think. I think. I think he's been released now. I think Morocco have, have named a replacement for him in their squad for their games. So that's positive because that means he'll be back to Manchester. I think again going to a new club, settling in. I'm sure he'll be looking. For, getting his house sorted and being a hotel and living that life. So it's quite good to get him into the treatment room and getting him accustomed, acclimatised before the next football match. I think he is a, he's going to be a huge part for us now. All righty, let's move on. Give some flowers to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Rob. Why does Rob want to do this? Because people are saying to me, why are you so interested in this part with Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Um, I've made lots of content over the over the years. I'm glad some of you have watched it. Thank you very much. But I've done lots of shows, and we used to do the United Masterclass, on how bad Aaron Wan-Bissaka is. You know, positionally, technically, on the ball, all through the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer reign. Um, now, I was told not so long ago that Aaron Wan-Bissaka was finished at Man United from someone quite significant at the football club. And that's how everyone felt. And I have he, also he, heard the same. Yeah. Yes, so he, he had significant problems uh, behind the scenes with uh, the court case and that ran its course and that's all fine. And there was nothing like sinister or anything about that. Uh, and it affected him, it affected his form and he couldn't really get on a football pitch and be any good. Eric Ten Hag comes along and kind of everyone expected to show him the door, like say, you know, you don't do what I need. I need a fullback that does this. And United were in the market for a right back. We're now on the absolute cusp of Aaron Wan-Bissaka signing a brand new, bigger contract at Manchester United on a bigger wage. Why? It's because the boy has proved it. Now, if you want to believe all the Twitter experts and analysts, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is still not very good. I still get people tweeting me yesterday, oh, well, he can't do this, he can't do that. Aaron Wan-Bissaka has come a really long way in the last six months. That's my opinion. And I'm not saying my opinion is worth anyone else's at the end of the day. But if you cannot see how good he's become or becoming, then there's no point. Like you might as well just get rid of him now and buy a new right back. But I'm really, I'm really proud of what he's done, Scott. I really am. I look at him and I think, wow, you, you, you had your back against the wall here, and you had to fight to get back in this team. And I always felt in my head he was better than Delo. Always in my head, I was like, he's got more potential defensively, offensively, rounded game. But I never thought he could invert Scott. I never thought he could go into midfield and play football and be in that, and be in that midfield box that, that's so tactical and talked about all, all the time now with the midfield four box. And he comes into that and makes that number. So flowers for Aaron Wambasaka. And I did a poll saying, do you think Aaron Wambasaka should now be in the England squad? And I think 73 or 74% said yes. Now, of course, you're all Man United fans who follow me. So that's where that's come from. But I think Aaron Wambasaka does deserve to be in the England squad. Like he, he, he hasn't been in it rightfully for a long time. But he never did go and play for, I think, Congo in the end. He decided he, he had the chance and said no. And he's had multiple chances and said no. So he's still eligible to play for England. Um, yeah, people might say Trippy is better. They might say Walker gives you something different. But I think going forward, like how long is Walker going to last in years to come? I still think Aaron Wamasaka is a very good young footballer. He's not completely young now, but he's certainly, I think, on a development path, which means he might well be in international football for England in the near future. Yeah, let us know in the comments uh, how you think, uh, if you agree with Rob. Or what do you, you think, uh, Scott? Honestly, I think I think I, I think it's still a stretch currently. Um, mm-hmm. I need to see. I'm not English, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> and ultimately, <laughs> from a se- selfishly, cl- yes, I, I would take. I would take him. I would take him for Wales. I would. You yeah. captain. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I think there's more. I think he just needs to do it. I'm not. I'm not saying he hasn't had a good uh, few months. I just think 
that right back position is a, a position where England have probably more depth than in any other area of the pitch. You mm-hmm. mentioned Trippier there. I think as much as uh, Carl Walker is getting on a bit, I just think that the the, the, a bit, the speed that he has going backwards is just so oh, yeah, impo- important. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, you have Trent there. Although he's played in midfield at some points, so you have Reese James, <coughs> who's mm-hmm. been continuously injured. Trippier, even Ben White, you could talk about, yeah. and, uh, and that's why he's not in the squad. Yeah, that's, that's the because truth. of the yeah. But I can I'm I'm with you in the fact that none of those defenders can offer you defensively what Aaron Wan-Bissaka can offer you. I personally think that, but apart from maybe Carl Walker, Carl Walker can, but he's one on one. I think they're both difficult to beat, but I think as Walker ages and you know eventually, maybe after you after the Euros, he, he concentrates on club football or something like that. I'm I'm not sure where he stands with that, but Wan-Bissaka, if he keeps going, if he keeps progressing, I think there's a conversation there to be had. It's too early for me though, yeah, personally. And also, I think it's to depend who the England manager is. So we know who the England manager is now because tactically, when you look at what he does, he's not really having any inversion, is he? Like this is, you know, he's an old school manager in, in Gareth Southgate. People might say, oh, no, he's not. He's new school. He's got all these modern methods. Well, no, he still likes to kind of play very set systems. That's why you see Harry Maguire still in the squad. That's why Harry Maguire still plays football for him and doesn't play for us. So I actually think that that. Um, Wambasaka will continue to excel in a system where he's got a manager that is teaching him to invert and come into midfield and be more ball dominant and help on the ball a little bit more. That's not what you'd be at, at right back for England, is it? Is you would be either Cole, you'd be Walker, wouldn't you? Either running backwards and forwards in straight lines trying to cover yourself. Trent Alexander Arnold, who's fallen out of favour at right back, is a more of a midfielder now, isn't he? Kind of playing in the middle, and he won't do that for England. So I think it's hard for maybe. Wambasaka to to show that skill set because otherwise it's just be always in the team to tackle and and I don't think that helps anyone does it it doesn't help him whereas I think at United his skill set is definitely growing and that's the bit I'm invested in that's the bit I want to see develop now in the next few months. Let us know what you think on uh, Aaron Wambasaka because I think it's a, it's a good conversation to have and we're trying definitely. to spin a positive we're trying to spin positives on today's show because it is quite easy to not be positive uh, currently but uh, there, there are positives. If ideally you'd want United to play tomorrow and get a win and you know change, it doesn't fix everything. Don't get me wrong, it doesn't fix everything, but it would help. (laughs) Let's just say that. But uh, yes, Bruno Fernandes' birthday today, 29 years old. Happy birthday, Uh, Bruno. Happy birthday, Bruno Fernandes. Wow, we're wishing somebody a happy birthday. (laughs) That is, uh, yeah, um, content. There you go. Anyway, (laughs) uh, happy birthday, Bruno Fernandes. I think still as important as he ever has been. And we've obviously discussed there the the amount of roles that he can play. Some he maybe can't play, and we've tried. But there's enough in that midfield area now to put him in the positions on the pitch where he's strongest and he can benefit the team the most, I think. So hopefully we, in his uh, 29th year or 30th, he's approaching 30 now next year. Mm. This time next year will be 30. Uh, Hopefully we can see the best of him. And he makes the team tick, doesn't he, still? Yeah, look, he's a figurehead of the team, isn't he? And like your senior players, I think, have to do that and take their responsibility. And again, when I'm critical of Bruno, it's, it's mainly just because I want him to do other things a little bit better. That's really it for, for, for him. But I do think we'll see him on the right-hand side, Scott, now, because I think last year that was the default. Whenever there was an issue in the team, whether it be an injury or tactical change, Bruno ended up on the right. 
that was just the default for the manager. So I don't think Ten Hag's changed, do you? And it's like, I think that's what we'll see. A Mount might be used in the kind of more number 10 position. Would Cunt see Mount in a wide position? That's what he did at Chelsea. Like He can do more, that, of course. He's yeah. more off the left, I think. And that is, and you've, you're well stocked on the left. But but he's brought Mount to play. Like Mount is being brought in to be an important part of this, of this front line. As much as fans don't really, haven't taken to him and don't see it, that's what Ten Hag wants. So I think that's what we'll see. Quick note on Bruno there. Um, I think that's it for us today. We've uh, we've given you 43 minutes of, well, I'd say 35 minutes of positivity, hope, hopefully. I don't know where, where we exactly started on uh, the positive side of things, but we, we ran through the options on the right-hand side uh, in the absence of, uh, potential absence anyway, of one or two players. And uh, yeah, United have... Uh, next game is Brighton, which will be dif- which will be difficult next Saturday at Old Trafford. Not yeah. this Saturday. There is uh, some internationals to get out of the way. I think the big thing for me is just hoping that United put this uh, Jaden Sancho episode to bed as quickly as they possibly can. Definitely, and I actually I called it storm in a teacup, and I'm going to stick by that because Manchester United have got a much more serious thing coming with another player. And that will need to be dealt with and it needs to be dealt with professionally and swiftly. And I think Jaden will just become a footnote and just back in the squad, get on with the training. United need to kind of put that fire out now as quick as possible. Yeah, thanks for uh, watching or listening. If you uh, listen to the podcast on audio or, or if you watch on YouTube, we appreciate the support. Please like the video. Um, so it's suggested to more people uh, so we can continue to grow the channel. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh on YouTube, we are at The Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast as well. So give us a search if you haven't already. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, and uh, hit the notification bell too. And follow us on socials at double underscore Scott Saunders on X, Instagram, and TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B on Twitter and YouTube. Subscribe to Rob's channel as well and at Promised Land MU on Twitter as well or X. Yeah. Still not used to it yet. Anyway, uh, that is it from us. We'll be back on Tuesday next week to see how things, you know, what whatever's happening. Uh, if we can talk about it, we will. And uh, we will see you guys soon. We really appreciate uh, you continuing to watch and continuing to listen. We see your comments as well. And uh, maybe maybe we'll have some time to run through some, run through some comments next week if things settle down a little bit, Rob. But yeah, we'll do Rob, a comment show. Yeah, yeah stick, stick it in the comments. Ask us questions and we'll answer them for you. Yeah. Thanks to Rob. Thanks to you for listening. I've been Scott. See you soon, everyone, for another Promised Land Manchester United pod. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.